This is Dream Chasers with Adam Coswell. What's going on, everyone? This is General Moses, also known as Adam Carswell. Thank you for tuning into Dream Chasers. And I lead with General Moses today because we're talking music today. And I've got two of my buddies from Tool Room Academy with me here today. And we're recording this on February 2nd, the day that our both of our latest records came out on the same compilation, Leaders of the New School 2024 with Tool Room Records, Tool Room Academy. And I'm really just looking forward to, to getting to know these guys and their story today especially their tool room story, because that is what connects us all. So Lasky, I just realized between the duo, I've just addressed you guys as Lasky. I don't, I don't know whose name or whatever. So you guys can kind of introduce yourselves, I guess, by name or whoever wants to go first and, and let us know. How did you first find out about tool room, just the record label first in general? I'm Andy and that's Jordan. Andy and Jordan, let's go. Yeah, so tool room, been listening to tool room records for years and years. I can remember, must have been, 10, 15 years ago when we first came, first started hearing about them, listened to all different artists from Tool Room throughout the years. And I'm curious what year, what year would that have been when you first heard the label? Because you can kind of, you can guess the artists based on the year sometimes. It'll have been like 2011, 12, something like that. Oh, wow. I think okay. When we seriously started getting into music. Yeah, yeah. The old logo days. Yeah. And where are you guys based? We're based in Leeds, which is uh, North England, Yorkshire, top of England, just above Manchester. If you know, if you've heard of Manchester before, of course, of course. So you'll notice his accent quite northern. <laughs> some people, some people understand it, especially people from outside of UK. We had, yeah, we had. Uh, well, I don't know if you listened to any of the other interviews. I think it was Shan and Emma Clare, and I want to say Emma Clare was was Manchester. Liverpool's not far either, right? No, it's only that, that's the fo- that's the football rivalry. I'm getting it yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's cool. And so, was the same for you, Jordan, around that time, 2010, 2011? When is that how you guys connected was through the label, or what was that story? We've known each other. Well, we've known each other for a long time, like since we were young, basically. I used to be in a band before, so most of my music journey were more like in rock and stuff like that. But I'd still love dance music as a whole and then um i can't remember when it was i think it were around about 2017 like we both decided to actually start making dance music don't know why it just it just occurred we just come up with an idea and then and then it's just been like ever since yeah so you guys sounds like you might have had for me when i started with the academy i was you know basically brand new but hardly knew how to work Ableton. I had a little experience with FL Studio. That was about it. And maybe that's a similar story to you. But you guys were doing gigs together. Is that right? Before all this, like you've already had kind of had a brand established before you found the Academy. Yeah, so we um, we kind of, to be fair, I mean, we, we just started messing about on decks really back in 2017, 2018. And it wasn't really until lockdown happened, COVID hit, and then obviously everyone were kind of stuck at home and stuff. And then we started looking into music production, something that we've always wanted to do. We both love music for house music for however long, you know what I mean, over years and stuff like that. So we just thought we'll, we'll kind of join join up and just see what see what happens. What class of the academy were you guys in? Do you remember? I, I was 30. I just talked to a, a young gun who told me he's in 41. I'm like, man, I feel old now. Do you remember uh, which one you guys were in? <laughs> yeah, I think we were 39, 39, yeah. Oh, wow. So, so okay. 
So I'm, I'm in a way I'm older than you guys in a way. <laughs> <laughs> How did you guys first discover the Academy? Cause I know for, for me and many others, the journey was, you knew the label first, we knew tool room and then pursued the Academy. So, or I guess maybe you said it there. It was during COVID when you kind of decided you wanted to do this or what was the first commitment? We kind of, I'll give you a bit of the story. We kind of started to like do self-learning. And obviously, as you know, like that can be really difficult. So we started doing loads of like YouTube tutorials, paying for like courses on Fader Pro, like everything like that. And we started to make some okay things, but it never like, it never reached that point, you know, where it would stand up to some of your favorite tracks or sonically sound and it never got there. I think but, we were just missing that one, one-to-one kind of experience. Yeah, yeah, and the A&R experience. Yeah. But for, for the Tool Room side of things, we started to notice that Tool Room Academy had popped up and it were always there. And we were kind of like looking at it quite a lot, thinking we'd love to do it. And we never got around to doing it for a few years. And then I think all of a sudden, we just kind of both like said to each other, let's just do it, man. because. After seeing, you know, everything that's occurred from Tour Room Academy and things like that, it kind of like spurred us on and pushed us on to just go, let's just get it done. And when we actually started to do it, we were like, why didn't we do this sooner? Tell me about, I'm sure you guys have similar but a little bit different stories, so I want to hear hear both of your takes on this. But tell me about that moment when you, and may, maybe your record was the one signed from your course, I don't know. But just tell me about that moment when you first found out that you had a record getting signed by Tool Room. Do you remember where you were at? Yeah, so it was actually the the course track that got signed. Oh, nice. Good for you guys. Yeah, I was not on I was not on that level yet at the time. Well, kind of surprised, you know, that's that was the aim, the end of it. You know, that's why we kind of joined it and we thought, you know, I've got a good chance of doing it here. And a lot of artists obviously still get signed after the course, you know, even if they don't get signed to their track to that the course that they're on. But yeah, still talk about that moment because you're there with what, 20 other students? And you're probably sweating, like wondering if it's going to be you, right? Like, just tell us about that that moment, yeah. <laughs> we were quite surprised. I mean, there were some really good people on there. I don't, I don't know if it's a case of like, it's one person or one duo or whatever out, out of the car who makes it. It might be multiple people, but luckily we got picked and, you know, we just kind of, since that point, we've just, it's just spurred us on to do even more. You know, we've, we've kind of, trying to hit a bit harder now with the tracks and stuff. And we've got some stuff in pipeline and that, which we think might, you know, follow this track up potentially. But yeah. Love it. Yeah. How did you feel about that moment, Jordan, when you found out it was happening? I remember where we we did the, you know, the A&R thing where everybody's together and you're listening to tracks and stuff like that. And it were awesome. Like, you know, everyone's tracks were brilliant. The responses from it. And I remember, I think it was around three or four weeks after I just got an email on my phone and it just said, it just said, Tool Room, Bailey, Danny Reese. And I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, I sent it to him straight after and we were, yeah, we were buzzing. We were right happy with it. Yeah. You said you were buzzing and then you used another, another phrase there that I'm not familiar with. It means like we were excited. You said buzzing and then something else? I just said we were, we were buzz, buzzing it up and we were right happy. Right up it. Right up it? Happy. So we'd say, really happy. It's a language barrier. So, like, <laughs> so we'd say really happy. But I just went... Yeah, we, we, cut, we cut words out of a sentence for some reason. It's just a Yorkie thing, you know. 
my wife's from Newfoundland, Canada, which compared to the rest of the country of Canada, it's like, you know, it's its own thing with words that people can't understand. So we're actually probably highly influenced from, you know, from Scotland to Ireland over to Newfoundland. That's kind of how the, how the accent went. So right up it. That's a new one. Now that we're here, you talked about what you got in the pipeline. Tell us a little bit about what you guys are excited for, for 2024. Like I said, we're just working hard. Now we've got this release and stuff and we want to keep the train going. Well, you know, we've got some momentum flowing and stuff like that. So we're trying to work as hard as possible to start releasing some some tracks similar to higher. We've found a, like our sound now, which is important, something that we learn on the course. And we just found our area. So we're just going to keep it that. And then hopefully we start seeing some, uh, some more progression through it. Yeah, Jordan, how would you... Uh, that's such an important thing that... I know coming into the academy, I, I wasn't even thinking about getting clear on your sound and, and kind of what you want to build around. What was that experience like for you? And, and how would you describe, you know, Last Key sound? We've always liked underground house. So it's always been that kind of like techno, low end, tool room, you know, the tool room tracks type, low end. I think what we, what our sound is, is we use a lot of pads. And there's quite a lot of emotion in the breakdowns. So, like, you know, you'd have something driving in, in verses and choruses, but we tend to, like, really make us choruses, like, quite emotional, but still, like, high driving. And it took us quite a long time to, like, kind of figure out where we fit, like, what our actual sound was, because we never used to finish any tracks. We never used to get them finished. We used to make try and make something in one genre and then doing it and do it in another genre. Mm. And yeah, this course just learned us. It was just like try and make something what you listen to, stick to it, and then bring your own thing into it as well. So that's the best I can describe it. So really heavy low end, really chugging and emotional breakdowns. Yeah, and it's funny, I thinking to your track in particular, I had a moment where well, when they first sent us, like, you know, you could listen to everyone else's track who's going to be on the compilation, rip through it, listen to every single one. And don't get me wrong. I, I think it's really hard to find, like, they're, they're all great tracks. And I'm not just yeah. saying it. Like, they're all phenomenal. And shout out to uh, my buddy, Costa UK, who I was on the compilation with him in the fall. And it's been cool to see. I mean, I first, I was a fan of his first when he'd had a, another, this is like his third time on Leader of the New School. So I've gotten to know him well. I know he's probably going to watch this interview and he might, what I'm saying is he might get offended if I don't say his is my favorite. So Costa, I love you, man. When I heard you guys track, I think I even told you in the DMS. I'm like, look, I, I know I might maybe make some people mad, but when I heard you guys, I'm like, dude, this is the best one on here. Like this one is fire. And I think to that point, I haven't listened to it a whole lot since I first messaged you guys. And I can't wait to go play it again after this. So I can refresh that, that feeling when I first heard it. But I think to your point, what I'm always looking for is kind of like that. What I like that, that tool room tracks, sound as well where i mean don't get me wrong there's some bangers out there with like really soulful vocals but I, you guys kind of stayed away from that a little bit if i remember correctly and i was like nice like you know something tell a little different you know something yeah. i just it's uh not typical so typical but not typical uh tour room does that make sense yeah yeah i mean we try and put his own spin on things you know i think it's the only it's the only real way to get noticed potentially is uh is trying to do something you know like what you like the kind of genre that you like but you know do something slightly different take it off course a little bit and you know it picks people's ears up so i really want to say one of our main inspirations i think is we like melodic house as well 
So, you know, like Simon Doty, Boxing 82, like people like that. Like that's, I think that's where like the emotional sound side comes into the breakdowns as well. Like we wanted to kind of, we understood that we like the hard driving tracks, but we also like the melodic slow tracks as well. So it were like, we just need to meet, yeah. meet in the middle somewhere. Yeah. I think too far of it at one point though, because yeah. we, we sent um, Ben over like a, a demo type of thing before the course. And he listened to it and he come back with some feedback just saying, this is like seven genres mashed up into one thing. And so we just like, yeah, we probably need to wind it in a little bit and, you know, go from there. But yeah, I mean, the course, he kind of taught us that. So did Pete, you know, and um, we know where, which lane to stay in now. Yeah. So, so looking back on it now, maybe to anyone who's interested in, we'll do two parts to here. One, what's your recommendation to anyone who's interested in Tour Room Academy? Aside from just do it, I think we're all on the same page there. If you're thinking about it, you should just do it. This is not a paid ad or anything. Like if you're here listening, get in the Tour Room Academy if you're not already. So aside from just do it though, what would be your recommendation to someone who's new to the academy? And then also, what would be your recommendation to a student who maybe hasn't had a, a record signed by the label yet that really wants to? You guys can pick who answers which one. <laughs> So I'll answer the one with, you know, the student who doesn't, obviously, he doesn't get signed and they have to do it. You know, we've been, like, going at this for, like, a, a long, long time. At least, I'd say, seriously, for around four years. And we've been sending tunes to labels and just been rejected all the time. Constant, no, it's, you know, you're not there, it's not this, and... It can it can be debilitating, but you've just got to keep going. That that that's what I'd say. It's like in the end, you, you whatever you put in, you will get out. That's that's what I'll say. Yeah, and I I think personally, it teaches you to follow a step by step plan of how to make a track how you want it to sound. I mean, you you reference a track on the course. And there were a few times where we were told to kind of stick to the reference track. Don't, don't mm, be a mm-hmm. reference track, you know, stick to it type of thing. And I think that's what potentially helped to kind of push it to the best that it could have come out as. And I think that a lot of people may start with a reference track. And I know a few producers who actually do this because they send me the stuff and I'm and I'm kind of saying, what's your reference track? They tell me and I'm saying, you need to stick to that song. If that's what you want to make, that's what you need to stick to. And that's one of the main things that we took out of it. How do you feel like you guys' visibility as a brand has changed before and after? I know kind of looking at my journey and what I would recommend to anyone who's kind of brand new like I was, like this is such a good way to start because you get connections and people who are already in the industry who are already like noteworthy. Even if you don't have a bajillion followers at first, people pay attention on Instagram, oh, who follows who and stuff. So I know as an example, even though my following is kind of small, there's still some credibility to it by just getting started with the Academy. But you guys have seen what it's like to like build your own following, do shows and everything before and after. So how has it impacted your brand going through the Academy? You get that reach with Tool Room that put you on to some of the, I mean, we, we, we checked our in-flight, you know, the in-flight system. We checked that today and some of the people that... Isn't that cool? That's the first, In the fall was the first time I even knew something like that existed. You know, like... Yeah. Like all these DJs that I, I'm like fans of are like playing my music, right? <laughs> Sorry, I mean, continue. Close <laughs> your mind, you know, you've got, you see people who you've followed for, for years downloading your track saying that they're going to play it and stuff and you're just like, this is crazy. And you don't get that 
you know, just kind of without without a connection like Tool Room, who's got them, you know, them them people listening to all that stuff. You know, it's very unless it, unless you really work hard and do on your own, but it's very very difficult to do. Hundred percent, yeah. Jordan, anything else there as far as just your experience before and after, as far as visibility of Lasky? I'd literally just say the same. What just said, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I'll agree with everything what he's just said there. So, what are you guys looking at as far as gigs? And on that note, getting more people to know Lasky. I hope from having you on here, we get you some more, uh, you know, reach and, and followers and all that good stuff. At least some people from the academy start following you. But yeah, what do you guys have in, in mind as far as uh, the physical presence this year? Well, to be fair, we we haven't really been pushing that much for gigs. We've just we've took a step back and concentrated on his production. Because I think it's important to have that behind you to be able to, you know, we want, we want to get to a point where people ask us to play at their mm-hmm. events and stuff, you know, and we, and we do we do push for gigs and stuff like that, but sometimes it's difficult to get them, especially with there's so many di- good DJs and stuff about them and stuff like that. But yeah, we're just, we're just concentrating on production now and then we'll just see where it goes in the end. Yeah, eventually, yeah, eventually we really are going to start, you know, pushing to try and get more gigs as well because... We can't wait to get out there and play, you know, play music. What we've got and stuff. We've done a, we've done a few gigs like last year, but we'd like it to, you know, pick up and get a few more gigs. I'm totally on the same page with you guys on that one. And I even I've shared this several times on the interviews now, but I I just got to keep hammering it home because it's some of the best advice I think I've ever gotten, and it was so simple. I got to meet Mark at one of the events that that the Academy did in in 2022. I'm just like, look. Young guy in the academy, what do you what do you recommend that I pay attention to that you think like maybe I'm not seeing right now? And I didn't. It took me like a, two days to process this and see what he was talking about. But he just said, "Focus on the music, focus on the music." I'm like, what does that yeah. even mean? And I think about it. I'm like, you know, focus on the music, focus on the production. Get because the more you know, little hooks that you have out there to real people into your into who you are, that's what's that's what's going to get you the gigs. To your point, yeah. and as a soon to be father of two. I don't have a whole lot of extra time for gigs or for these gigs where I say to my wife, Hey babe, I'm going to go do this. I'm not, I'm not really going to get paid, but it'll be good for visibility. That conversation is not really an option at this point, right? Like there better be some money coming through if I'm going to go play somewhere. So hearing where you guys are at, it's, uh, it's, it's always good to hear, you know, sometimes I feel alone in that regard, but I think that we're on the same page, focus on production. That's what's going to pay off. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we we've got kids and stuff like that as well. So oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, yeah. it's not like we can go out every Friday, Saturday, gigging and stuff. Like that, you know? <laughs> so we need to, uh, like we said, we'll just concentrate on what we're doing, and we'll just take it from there. And hopefully, something comes of it. Nice, nice. So, I mean, tell me about fatherhood and being a DJ. I think it's something that always intimidated me because it it always appears as though it's hard to do both. But I think Mark sets a great example as someone who can be a great dad, great husband, great DJ. So, but yeah, as far as like just, you know, raising the little ones, I don't know how many kids you guys have, but tell me how you, how you a little bit about your kids and how you've been able to navigate that as well. Well, I've got two. Congratulations. When we first started out, I didn't have any. And then, and then within a couple of months, I had one. And then the second one came along, which made it even even more difficult to go out and get gigs and stuff like that. But and then, then I had one. Straight yeah, and then, and then Jordan had one after. So I mean, to be fair, we just make time for it. It's like anything; you have to put the time in. You know, luckily we've got you know people and my, my girlfriend and stuff like is understanding with stuff like that. So she says, "Yeah, just crack on." And you know, we make set times when we when we make music and stuff and. Even like when kids are in bed and our lass is watching 
someone on TV downstairs. We might fire a Zoom call up and start making some beats, you know. You gotta, you gotta do it, yeah, <laughs> right. You just have to do it when, as and when you can, basically. Choose the moments wisely. Well said. You said you have, you have one or, or two kids as well, Jordan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just one. Good for you, man. Yeah, just choosing your moments like wisely when when people, like, I've, I've always said this thing, there's 24 hours in a day, and if you really do want to make it work and put the time in, you can at least find an hour in one day mm-hmm. to do something. If you, re- if, if you really care about it that much and you're you know, you're really passionate about something, you will find that one hour a day. And you can. You might be tired, but... Yeah, you've got to do it. You've got to do it. I think for all three of us, today's a perfect example. I literally had to, you know, long story short, drive down from the from Canada to the States to take care of some business and then go back tonight. I'm not in my usual studio setup. Like, yo, I've got 30 minutes with Lasky. We're going to make it rock. You guys are tuning in at 7 p.m. on a Friday to do this. You get the time that you have and you make it work. I think what we just did is like a perfect example of that as well. Yeah, I mean, we're still having a beer while we're talking. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Well, I'll be copying you here soon, too. Oh, both of you guys. Man, I'm I'm feeling left out. I guess I still got some work to do today, but maybe I'll go take a shot of some whiskey or something in a moment. Anyways, gents, you're incredible. I'm so happy that we got to meet each other and do this. Before we sign off, what's your dream venue in regards to gigs? What's your dream venue to play at? And it could be cool if it's different for both of you. (laughs) I'd love to play at that drum sheds. What's up? Yeah, I would. Nice, nice. Where is that located? I can't remember. Which, to be fair, I can't remember which part of London, but it's it's in London, though. Okay, it's an old IKEA. Do you know IKEA? Of course, yeah, yeah. And I, I know I've seen that in Instagram reels before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bobby dream. Love that. Well, I look forward to uh, seeing you guys there one day, and either being on, you know, uh, that's one thing I'm looking forward to now. I've never been able to like get the artist to respond if I go to something, so either playing alongside you or just being back there with the artist for a span. I look forward to the day that you guys are, are rocking that stage. Yeah, same too, though. Get, get us on guest list. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. All right. Well, we got to hop off. But again, everyone, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Dream Chasers. I'm your host, General Moses, also known as Adam Carswell. We're talking music, Tool Room Academy, leaders of the new school today. Go check out Lasky's new track, mine as well. The link's going to be in the show notes or below. Again, thank you all for investing your most valuable resource, your time. We'll see you in the next episode. Take it to the next level. And remember, in all you think, say, and do, stay dangerous.